I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from uh, sunny Southern California in the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. Um, I, I want to get into the continuing discussion about Eric Bieniemy with Sean McCoy, Shady McCoy, who was a uh, was has been a running back in the stable of playing for Eric Bieniemy, providing his thoughts. Also, Jamal Charles, who played obviously for the Kansas City Chiefs, get his thoughts on Eric Bieniemy, and then I'll bring you to the argument on air argument I had with Rob Parker. I do want to start though um, with I I think it's 
like you consider it breaking news. So I don't know how many of these, I, you know, I, I don't know how many of people under, know this story because it's college basketball. Um, but there is a, uh, Alabama's the number one team in the country. Okay. Did you guys even know that? Um, honest question, Jay Stu, did you even know that Alabama was number one in the country? I did not. Nope. Okay. Okay. So they're number one in the country and they had a star-studded recruiting class. Their best freshman, who's likely the first college player drafted in the upcoming NBA draft, his name is Brandon Miller. Okay, why does Brandon Miller, why does that matter? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Again, another story that there have been two murders committed this year that have involved college basketball players. Okay, college basketball players. So the first one was in New Mexico, where New Mexico State, they were playing or going to play at New Mexico, their arch rival, and one of their players shot and killed um, uh, someone in Albuquerque. I believe he was a New Mexico student. I, I know he was in Albuquerque. And they didn't play the game the next day. New Mexico State kind of tucked tail and headed home when they got the news the gun was later delivered to police by one of the assistant coaches who stayed behind in Albuquerque. Anyway, subsequently, New Mexico State has shuttered their program for the year because of some other accusations, accusations of um, what's basically bullying, you know, bullying in the locker room. Right. Anyway, in that particular instance, the player was not only claims self-defense, but there's actually video to back up his claims. But then the question is like, wait, you brought a gun to a road game? And then there were other players that were out that picked him up in a car. The whole thing was, it, it, it honestly isn't the college basketball world that I played in. Then you have this story about Alabama basketball, which, again, I don't know how many people know this story. But Alabama is having... An unbelievable year, or actually a believable year. They were thought to be very, very good, and they've lived up to, and in many ways, probably exceeded any sort of reasonable expectations, and Brandon Miller's a big reason why. But under the surface of that was a murder that was first alleged to have been committed by, and now apparently, you know, the the story goes, the shooting, the, the player, the former Alabama player in question is not being accused or does has said like, look, I didn't pull the trigger. But the newest story of the day is that the gun that was involved in the shooting, which belonged to a now former player at Alabama, which was given to a friend, which shot into a car that was driving by because of some beef, you know, on the strip in Tuscaloosa was handed over to the alleged owner who handed over to a friend the same night, again, after Alabama played, by Brandon Miller. Is that about right? Jay Stu, am I, am I getting the story correct? So far, so good. Okay. So Nate Oates is the head coach. And again, full disclosure, Nate Oates is a good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for over a decade. I knew him when he first got the job at Rhode Island. He was a high school coach at Romulus High School in Detroit, Michigan. He was then the assistant 
for, that was for Danny Hurley. Then he followed Bobby Hurley to Buffalo. When Bobby Hurley took Buffalo to the tournament and left for Arizona State, he got the head coaching job. Um, his wife is a cancer survivor. You know, there, there's a there's a lot to it. Then he gets the Alabama job. Remember, they took down Arizona. That was Sean Miller's last NCAA tournament game in Arizona. De- DeAndre Ayton's last game, whatever. Buffalo went on the Sweet 16. He gets the Alabama job. There have been a lot of people talking about him having the possibility of getting the Texas job. So his answer to Brandon Miller, and again, it all came out in testimony today. Brandon Miller had the gun and then gave it to his now former teammate was wrong place, wrong time. And hey, Brandon Miller hasn't been in trouble since, isn't in trouble now because of it. And people are going to lose their mind over what Nate Oates said. Have I missed anything there, Chase, too? Not that I know of. Okay. So I guess the question is, the question is, and there's a lot to it. Um, If I'm being honest, I'm just... I'm not um I'm not a guy who understands gun culture. Okay? I don't. I, I don't understand <laughs> gun culture at all. I wasn't raised around guns. I don't have a gun in my home. Uh uh but many of my friends in Oklahoma do. Many of my friends in California do. Okay? So it's not I'm not sitting here telling you that I don't know people that have guns. I just my dad never had a gun. I never had a gun. And though I fired guns, I've gone hunting. I've fired at a gun range before. I understand some parts of it. I I don't I don't know. Uh, but uh, this story is weird. So Darius Miles is the former player. Michael Davis is um, the co-assailant. They're facing capital merger charges. Okay. Miles claims that Davis pulled the trigger, and Brandon Miller delivered the gun. Miles texted Miller to bring his gun to where they were, according to police. When Miller got to the scene, Miles told Davis, the heat is in the hat. Okay. Uh, And of course, uh, Brandon Culpepper, who's a uh, detective, said that meant the gun was present. Miles added, there's one in the head. That meant there's a round in the chamber. Miles moved his girlfriend back out of the line of fire, Culpepper said. Okay. They're not going to charge Brandon Miller with any sort of crime. And as his coach said, he's not accused of any wrongdoing. But I think, and what this is one of my favorite words in the English language. I think most people think that there's something nefarious. You guys like that word? Nefarious is a great word, isn't it? You're like, man, that's our word of the day is nefarious. There's something nefarious about a guy bringing a gun with one in the chamber to one of his teammates. Right? What do you need a gun? Like that, the question becomes like, you need your gun. What do you need your gun for? So, Jay Stu, what's going on in your mind when you hear this story? As usual, uh, who knows what the heck happened the night of. Uh, sounds like there's a player involved who's really good at a sport. So I think it looks like everyone's in protection mode, including the head coach. Um, does it seem like a an abnormal uh, story to you guys? I don't know. This seems to be kind of the, uh, the the run-of-the-mill great player gets in legal trouble. Everyone goes into the protection mode here. What do you think, uh, Dan Beyer? 
Since it's revealed in testimony, it's it's pretty interesting. And for Nate Oates to have the confidence to say that, um, you know, his player is not in any wrongdoing, uh, he must know something. However, it does come off very, almost in a in, in a way. And and I didn't hear the comments; I just read the comments. But it, it just it sounds tone deaf in a way of. You know, we're we're hearing what went down, and it's just okay. Just let's just make sure that our guy was cleared of any wrongdoing, even though somehow he is connected to. I, I don't know. Just it hit my it hit my ears the wrong way as I read it. If that's even humanly possible. No, I I, I think yeah. I think most people would agree with you. I guess my thing is, I'm trying to figure out what's a better course of action. Here's the thing with with Nate Oates, and I said this. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Dane Altman is the head coach at Oregon. And Dane Altman had three players accused of rape. Uh, This is probably going back seven years ago or so, probably seven years ago. And, uh, and, And, you know, there were people who said Dane Altman should be fired because they were under, these players were under investigation And even though he wasn't told who specifically was under investigation, he allowed these players to continue playing while being under investigation. And then ultimately they're brought in, blah, 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 blah. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot more to it. Okay. But my point then is, would be my point now. And it's a a little bit of the point that you were making, Dan, which is, I understand it may sound weird or sound like a quote that doesn't necessarily fit or or could be a little a little tone deaf right but the way in which you keep your job and lose your job is one thing okay it's the process that you go through when something like this happens and whether you you have legal counsel both your own and the schools and you do whatever they tell you to do you say whatever they allow you to say. That's it. You don't go off and do your own thing. You don't go and, and filibuster. You don't, you know, you, if, they, if they say to not take questions, you don't take questions. If they say all of that stuff, that's how you keep or lose your job is. And what I said about Dana was the reason he didn't say anything was I was guessing and I was right that he was doing everything that the school's lawyers and that his bosses at Oregon told him to do. And ultimately, Dana was on whatever level vindicated. It's ne- never been an issue since. And, you know, as long as you're completely honest and candid and open with the police and your bosses, you're going to be okay. So that that's where, Dan, I agree with you. That he wouldn't say these, he wouldn't say, hey, wrong place, wrong time, if that wasn't what they decided was going to be the way in which they described his level of involvement. Does that make does that make sense, Dan? Yes, yes. That they wouldn't just this wouldn't just pop up and he would callously just say something like that. Right. And, and it's like one of these, oh my gosh, I've I've heard this. Why do we just find out about it now? Again, because the because in order to make sure the legal process has no hiccups and no cover-ups and no accusations of cover-ups, you have to allow it's going to come out and this is when it's going to come out and that's how you do it. There's there's no other way to I know we all think we want information earlier or we want it some other way like 
This is it. Again, I'm not a part of gun culture. Somebody says, hey, dude, you got my gun. Can you bring it to me? Like, why? Why do you need it right now? And again, if it's somebody else's gun, like, I guess you want your gun. Like, here's your gun. I, I don't. I don't know that if that's a normal thing. It seems abnormal to me. It seems like there should be some follow-up questions. But I'm also ni- not 19. I don't own guns, and I don't know how it's supposed to work. And Doug, the uh, uh, Alabama, uh, the AL.com, asked the DA's office on why Miller wasn't charged. And the first response was, I, I can't answer that question. Or there's not, That's not a question I can answer. But then the follow-up statement from Paula Whitley, who's the chief deputy DA, said there's nothing we could charge him with, according to what the law is. So there was no charge that they could even give. Right, if it's Brandon not, if Miller. it's not his gun, and it, no one, no one is accusing of being his gun, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the only question is, did he know a crime was going to be committed, and could he have done something to to, <laughs> to stop it? Which is a legit question, but again, I don't know legally, and it's not like this just happened. It happened over a month ago, and I'm and they have yeah. all the text messages, so I'm guessing that whatever the text messages say are something along the lines of, you know, hey, dude, you got my gun, bring it over. Yeah, there there seems to be this balance of of whether whether he's guilty of a crime, which doesn't seem like he is, to Oates's comment of wrong place, wrong time. Like, like there, there are accidents, you know, we're, at, we're stationed at one of the busiest intersections in the entire country, uh, Sepulveda and Ventura, you know, in Los Angeles. You know what? Car makes a left turn when maybe it shouldn't. You know, somebody gets dinged up. That's wrong place, wrong time. When someone asks you to bring a gun to a spot and then you're there when said gun does something, that isn't wrong place, wrong time. And I'm not trying to indict Brandon Miller. It's just the words that Oates used in that trying to prove his, you know, player's innocence. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just, I, when I, as soon as I read it and heard it and watched it, I started to think, okay, how would I, in that situation, what would, what would I have said that would have come across better? What would I have said that would have come across better? I know what you wouldn't have said. Wrong place, what? wrong time. I don't know if I would have said that. What would tell me what you would have said? Like, I, I just, just I, I don't know just, what I would have talk, said, but I, I got it. Let's just talk it out for a second. You're asking a question, Jay Stu. You're asked a question. You're asked, hey, Brandon Miller brings his teammate a gun that has one in the chamber, right? Um, what's your reaction to it? I don't even know how the how the question was formed, but what would your what would your response be? Jace, do you want to take a shot at it? I think I, I would have a, an attempt at compassion in there. I think that, you know. Well, there, there, there is, by the way, in, in the statement, he says, like, look, we had a team prayer meeting today. It was about the victim. And we've talked about the victim, right? So there, there was some compassion. It wasn't just wrong place, wrong time. We're on to Cincinnati. That wasn't how it, how it was. In in full disclosure, but but go ahead. I'm like, yeah, and, and, but then maybe it's the reporter's fault for making it look as tone deaf as it does. I mean, and and that's what the headline is too. By the way, that's put on a social media. So uh, that part that you just mentioned is is hidden in the article somewhere. Um, so maybe that's it. How this is represented, it just comes off as discompassionate to me. Reading the uh, the gist of it, you know? I I agree with you. Okay, so 
Dan, let me. Uh, how about how about you ask me? I'll do my best. Then I'll ask you. You do your best. Again, this is just kind of. And remember, Nate had time to prep sure. for this. So, all right. How do you think that he should have handled this statement? Well, uh, or is that what? Or what would you? No, say? ask me. Ask me. Ask me a question about Brandon Miller. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what what what's happening with the situation with Brandon Miller? Is he in any in any trouble? Uh. So. Uh. Uh. Brandon has been fully forthright with us and with the police about providing a weapon to, I mean, I, I would, I would say to, Dar- to Darius, it was Darius's weapon. And, um, look, I, I understand the optics to someone who doesn't know the, the details of it could appear nefarious. I just, I wanted to find a way to use nefarious. I love that word. I don't know why. Um, I understand the op- optics could look nefarious, but the, 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 the truth, which has and will continue to come out, is he was simply returning something to his teammate, and he had, by all accounts, no idea what was going to take place. And because of that, it, it just, it's wrong place, wrong time. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for him, but he and everybody, we feel terrible terrible about what what took place so there's the wrong place wrong time wrapped in a different context i don't know if that works any better so dan dan think about it okay i want to think about it provide you a little time because it's a really hard question to ask a hard question to answer and to to provide some sort of meat on the bone for a reporter especially when the truth is already out but also protecting the player think about it all right and you guys think about it as well be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on, Fox Sports Radio. All right, we'll get to more of that story upcoming. Uh, the story in regards to Brandon Miller, top college basketball prospect for the NBA draft and his um, his involvement with a tragic shooting death of a young woman in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But let's let's get the conversation to football as um, is it today? Is today the day that you can franchise tag? Yeah, this today, I believe, begins the window that you can franchise tag players. Joining us for his weekly visit is none other than Mark Dominic, of course, who was director of pro scouting for a decade in Tampa before taking over as general manager in Tampa. And, of course, he was a Super Bowl champion during his time uh, in Tampa as well. His life has been in professional football, Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Mark, now we're you know, a week removed from the Super Bowl and we got a chance to catch our breath and teams are, you know, preparing and trying to figure out the cap and get things in during this cap year, as opposed to when the calendar turns over in March. What's that process like in terms of the franchise tag and evaluating your roster? Yeah, I mean, right now you're trying to hold off on using the tag uh, for a couple more weeks just to kind of see if you can get a negotiation to kind of get to the push, right, of like not having to – because once – from the club's perspective, let me say that. Once you put a franchise tag on a player, you're kind of setting the table of what the floor looks like or what the ceiling looks like. Before you use the franchise tag, you're trying as a club to see if you can find a way to get this guy a deal 
where you don't have to use the tag and maybe it's a little bit more club friendly of a deal. The tag comes out with the last uh, resort when you realize, hey, look, there's just no way we're going to get a deal here, but I don't want to let the guy out the door. But then once I do that, I understand that we still have time to get a deal, as you know, Doug, but we can't get a deal. You know, it's going to be hard to get a deal because sometimes you get a player that's a little frustrated. So you're using the franchise tag right now as, as kind of like a leverage, like, well, if you don't, I can always franchise you. And the agent's sitting there going, well, if you franchise me, then I think he's worth more than what you're offering me. So it's a game that you're playing. Uh, and then you're trying to include the player into it to understand that, you know, we're trying to keep you long-term and, and, and keep you in this uniform. Uh, but, you know, it, you've earned your right to be able to be a free agent. And some of these players, uh, rightfully so, try to go all the way to see exactly what their value really is. Um, what about the, the – I'll get back to the franchise tag in a second. Derek mm-hmm. Carr had a visit with the Jets. Is that normal to have a, have a visit like he did? Yeah, I think it's normal. I'm surprised there's more teams that haven't had a visit with Derek Carr yet. I think it's going to be – a process. I know his brother kind of came out and said this might be a little bit longer than people think. I think it's because there's probably more than you know four or five teams that are looking at it because everybody's looking at this draft class, and you can find four or five quarterbacks that are going to go pretty high in this draft class. But you got what 12, 14 teams that need a quarterback. And Carr, as we've talked about even last week, is probably the cream of the crop or one of the top that you would consider. So as teams kind of get to the understanding that hey, maybe the draft's not going to play out the way I thought it was. I think that's going to open up more avenues uh, for Carr and in terms of trying to find the fit that he likes, the coaches that he likes. So this is just as much as, you know, Carr is getting interviewed by the Jets as, you know, uh, Carr is interviewing the Jets and kind of the, who's the coordinator, who's calling plays, who's my quarterback coach, do I like the setup? Because he understands that this, that this decision where he ends up going is going to be critical in what his career looks like. Do you does, – does Carr visiting mean they're not interested in Rodgers? Uh, to me, no, I, I don't think it says that. Um, I think that you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's almost like you can look at it, Doug, as like, hey, if you don't start to consider this, you know, we're going to go in a different direction, so we're going to bring in Carr to kind of make it look like, hey, we're fine without you, so if you don't want to be here, we'll keep moving. If our, if Rodgers is on the box and if the Jets are in discussions with it, it kind of just kind of you know maybe pushes the envelope a little bit to say, what are we doing here? Like, what's everybody going to do? Uh, but I don't think it changes anything if you're interested in Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, you're just doing your due diligence. And, you know, again, you, you want to understand what Carr is because in case Green Bay decides, as I think, they decide not to trade him, uh, we'll see what they do. Then you're still ready for Carr. And if they decide to trade him, it was your way to kind of push that to start to make it happen sooner than later. Mark Dominic joining us, former general manager of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, spent his life in the front office of the National Football League and in the scouting world of the National Football League. Um uh, okay, so what about the Rodgers thing? Bob McGinn's covered the Packers forever. Now he's retired, mm-hmm. but he works with Tyler Dunn, who's covered the team. And, and he said, hey, look, I think they're just tired of the whole Rodgers thing. You and I have discussed, and I'm more aligned with you, which is you don't want to be the guy who trades Aaron Rodgers. Um, what's the, what do you think the reality is to what actually is taking place in Green Bay? Yeah, I just keep going back to, you know, you may not like the drama that goes around Aaron Rodgers to say, but at the same point, you understand that every year you have, you have a chance to, you know, win your division possibly, and, and you have a shot to get to the Super Bowl when you have him as your quarterback. And I think we helped him, if you're thinking from the club's perspective, you know, he and Christian Watson seem to find some, you know, chemistry. Now we've got another draft class that we can bring in here to hopefully continue to build around this team and, and, and kind of make it a make or break season. To me, if I was there and I was the GM, I'm doing everything I can. 2023 is either it all is or it isn't. And I'm going to give it one more year and I may be more aggressive than you usually see the, the Green Bay Packers in free agency. 
more aggressive uh, with what they can do. As, as you saw with Aaron Jones, they just reworked his contract to create some more space to be able to do things. So if you go the opposite way, Doug, and you say, hey, look, we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, you know, you just got to hope that the owner or Mr. Murphy, who runs the team right now, uh, the president, uh, is thinking long-term if you're thinking long-term because it's very easy to sit there and say, hey, I'm thinking long-term here. We're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We're going to redraft a quarterback or find a quarterback of the future, and we're going to reset the Packers for the next decade. Well, that's great if you go, you know, 5-12 and 12 and you get fired. <laughs> you know, maybe they said this is what we should do long-term, but they're not on the same page. So it's harder for them to do that, and that's why I still feel like Aaron Rodgers, you tell Aaron, hey, look, we're going to do everything we can for one year to give you a shot to win, and after that, you're free to go, and, and we're going to go in a different direction as well. Um, uh, take me into the world of coaching hirings. You know, we, we've talked about it. When you got the job in Tampa, Raheem Morris was already – Already your coach, right? So yeah, we were hired same time. Yeah, exactly. you're, you're hired th- the same time. But there's a lot of discussion about um, uh, there's a lot of discussion about the Eric Bieniemy deal. And what I've I've tried to, and again, this is simply me speaking to people like you and others off the record, uh, off the record, and just trying to get a sense of like how it actually works and how you get your pool of candidates and who you actually hire. And, and again, is race in any way related to it? You've done the job. Yep. Okay, but is that, was that when you, when you, when you let Raheem go, uh, was race ever discussed in the next head coaching hiring? It wasn't. We didn't talk about like, well, we have to bring in a minority or have that mentality towards it. And as I've said to you before, and, you, and you've agreed, you know, Tampa's probably been the best in terms of finding diversity among coaches, in front offices, in uh, different areas of the organization. When you think about Coach Dungy, Coach Smith, Coach Morris, you know, you know, obviously Coach uh, right now, you know, it's, it's just like every coach. Bowles. Uh, thank you. I could not do it. Uh, coach Bowles. I mean, that hasn't been an issue or a thought in Tampa ever. Uh, it's just been like, who can we bring in here that we think is going to be the best fit for the organization? And, uh, you know, obviously, you don't think through that. I think for what's going on with Eric Bieniemy. Is he dead need a change of scenery just to prove that I can have this offense work anywhere I go to bring even more excitement to, you know, his name and his ability to be the head coach? Uh, you know, he's had a lot of opportunities. Uh, for some reason, it hasn't pulled the trigger. It tells me that, you know, there's a lot of people that have interviewed uh, Eric Coach Bienemy and he hasn't gotten it, and he certainly has a lot of endorsements and recommendations. So I think he needed a change of scenery to show that he can call, you know, the offense in, in Washington – and be able to have success there with that offense, and then it makes him even more shiny as a as a as a candidate for your you know 2024 class of new coaches. When we're, again we'll get six to eight more new guys in there next year. Let, let me let me ask you this, okay? So you hired Shiano, right? Yep. Who he he took Rutgers from nothing to a kind of a football power, and it was amazing. So I'm um, again, you and I haven't discussed this, right? There's no pre-interview thing. No, I'm I'm just guessing. Like Raheem was very young um, and inexperienced, and but energetic and full of life and trying to just tackle every task. So when you hired Shiano, again, this is just a guess. One, I'm guessing Belichick called because I know they're really close, and and, and he kind of sold you on him. And two, Shiano is a guy that has a plan for everything, literally everything, and it it is it is that that attracted you to him that like. He painted the picture, a vision of what it was going to look like, and that was the vision that was aligned with yours. How, how accurate is that with, with how it actually went down? Well, I would say that you're right, and we have not spoken. 
Uh, certainly Belichick uh, was consulted with in terms of Greg being a head coach at the National Football League level. I mean, thankfully, Greg had coached at Chicago for a little bit in the DB world. Um, you know, Craig was extremely disciplined and extremely, to your point, like, you know, the pasta had to be the right type of pasta kind of guy, right? No, and he was 68 Greg, degrees. Like, for people forget, the one of the stories was, in Tampa, every room had to be set at 68 degrees, right? Like, he'd actually researched it to where that was the optimal temperature, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it, it, to that point. And, and I think Greg changed a lot from year one to year two in terms of being a little bit more relaxed with the players, especially the veterans. And I think he walked in there and, I think his regret, and, and if you asked him, he'd say, like, maybe I have to, the, the, you know, the shoelaces on too tight because I'm so used to 17, 18, 19-year-old young men who are growing into, you know, older young men uh, that, you know, I did the same thing to the veterans there, and it kind of, you know, pushed every the wrong way. But uh, from year two, he was fine. But sadly, you know, year one, uh, you know, became a kind of almost a villain in Tampa for some reason uh, with the play against Eli Manning at the end of the Giants game where we, they dove, we dove the pile and try to, you know, create a fumble at the last second there to see if we could get the ball back. And, it, you know, it became this negative play, and it became a negative thing for Greg, and he had a hard time getting out of his way. And then the players that had been there his rookie year that maybe weren't there for the second year still were like, mm, this is not the fun guy. This is not the coach you want to be around that way. Now, Greg's back in the Rutgers. But, you know, when that process happened, um, yeah, we did consult. But I also interviewed, you know, a lot of different people, and, and we had offered – Again, nothing uh, against Greg. I mean, I know that when we hired Coach Dungey, and I wasn't there for that. I wasn't part of that process. I was there, but wasn't part of the process. Coach Dungey was our third choice. You know, we'd we'd offered two other coaches the opportunity to be the head coach, and it turned out we got fortunate, and Coach Dungey became the head coach. Who were the other With two? Who were the other two? What's that? Who were the other two? Uh, Jimmy Johnson, and yeah. um, and then the old ball coach uh, at Florida. Yeah, Coach Furrier. Uh, so those two got the offer. I, 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 lo- I love those two. I guess, I guess here's the question. Here's the honest question. Like, yeah. we're all, like, realistic here, and we all think that, like, the numbers are, are low and, um, and, and there should be a higher percentage. But, like, I, I'm just – I'm interested. I find those stories to be fascinating and the yeah. reality to how things go down. Why don't you think those get shared more in public – so that people understand there isn't anything nefarious going on. You're just, and you tell me if I'm wrong, like your job as GM is to find somebody who's going to win you games. And the best way to win you games is to be aligned on, on your vision and their vision or whatever. It has, and that's all that matters because if you win games, you get to keep your job. If you don't, you don't, which is what happened with you, right? It's really that simple. But why do you think that those stories aren't shared more publicly? Uh, I don't know if enough people ask the right questions to kind of get into it. It's not like you're hiding it uh, from anybody. I just don't think people dig deep enough. They just kind of like, oh, well, this is who we hired and this is how it went down. Um, you know, I do think that there, there there are interesting stories, and it is funny how that plays out. You know, that's it worked out perfectly fine for us uh, organizationally. That That's the way it went. Um, you know, the same can be said. Uh, if you, you want another great story in 2002, when obviously the organization decided to let go of Coach Dungy, and now we make the trade for John Gruden. Well, you know, Coach uh, uh, Mariucci was supposed to be the head coach. He was going to be, but actually the who was going to be first was Parcells. Parcells yeah, would come I to remember, Tampa. I remember Parcells thing, right? Yeah, because the owners yeah. love Parcells. Yeah, and, and Mike Tomlin or Mike Tannenbaum, who, um, you know, was kind of, he actually walked through our building, you know, as, as like the future GM. And then he gets a call, and he gets a call from Parcells, and Parcells tells him as he's at our facility, I'm not taking that job. And Mike was like, what am I doing? Uh, so, I mean, it was really funny, awkward. And then everybody said it was going to be Mariucci. And then I got a call from our PR director at 2 o'clock in the morning saying we just traded for John Gruden. 
And so it's like a shock for everybody. So, I mean, there, there are amazing stories that happen behind the scenes. Uh, just because whoever your coach is that you're hired doesn't mean that's kind of the way it's played out. But you are. Your, your point is what you're making is you're just trying to find the right person, the right fit to lead your organization, and you got to find that quarterback. And that's why quarterbacks every year that's going to happen this year again, quarterbacks are going to continue to move up the draft board because until you get one, you've got no shot in this league. If you have an average quarterback, if your guy is 15 to 20 or you know, sadly in the back half or back third of the league, you might win a Super Bowl on a rare chance because everything comes together defensively and you have a, a, a real elite offensive player. But to be a team that's going to be in there and run it over and over again, as we see with Patrick Mahomes, when you find that guy, it's going to change your franchise overnight and it's going to allow you to be successful. And that's why, you know, I love Mickey Loomis, right? He's the general manager of the Saints. Well, I mean, he had Drew Brees for, you know, 13 years. Uh, right. You know, it's pretty. It's it's, it's hard to get fired and, when you and, have a good quarterback. And, and now they're fi- trying to find another one, and they're they're kind of a mess. Mark, next week we'll do the quarterback breakdown of the guys in the class and what you would do contractually with with Jalen Hurts. In the meantime, Perfect. love the insight as always. Appreciate you being our guest. Thanks, buddy. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Doug Gottlieb Show and Game Time brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. We're on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Rank What up. you got there, uh... Yeah, Dan Byer, Doug, rank him apparently. The game today is rank them. Yes, rank them. So, all right, let's rank your top three teams in the Western Conference. Uh, all right. I'm going to go Denver three. All right. Clippers two. Warriors one. Wow. Oh, the... Ninth place team in the West right now is number one. Number one is three, and number four is two in Doug's rankings. All right. What, 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 what would yours be? I'm, intri- um, I'm interested. Gosh, it's a really good question. I would probably still have the Nuggets one. I think that they've shown uh, enough throughout the season. Um, I'd put the Clippers two. Actually, I'd put the Suns two and the Clippers three. The Suns? I, yeah. I, you know, that's okay. Um, no Grizz. No Grizz. Okay. No. They... they yeah, I, they're too worried about being everybody's enemy than actually yes. building something. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I think, and the other team that we didn't discuss, Pelicans. Pelicans when they have Zion back. Yeah. No, that, I mean, we didn't even mention the Mavs, and I don't think we had to. Nope. Doug, rank your top three teams in the East. This may be a little bit easier, but. um, Okay. I know where I'm going with one. I know I'm going with two. I'm struggling with three. Yeah. Uh, I'm struggling with three. I'll, I'll just go by standings. I'll, I'll go Philly three, Boston two, Bucks one. Mm, okay, Bucks number one. I mean the Bucks. I mean they're playing. They're playing unbelievable basketball for the break. Um and yeah, I'm like Boston. I I just it's an unknown of what they look like in the playoffs with a different head coach and they're much more offensive minded this year, whereas the Bucks. You know, we can pick pick apart Bud however we want. They've actually won a title. I think they're better defensively. I think that plays better in the playoffs. Doug, it's uh, Fat Tuesday. Uh, let's rank your top three things about New Orleans. You know, 
that I like or the, just the, the rank of them? Uh, just, yeah, whatever. Whatever. When you go to New Orleans, what uh, what are the three things that you enjoy the most? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's for air. That is for uh, uh, No, I just, I was going to say flying home. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I I mean I I know what the uh, not one a fan of are. the Big Easy, huh? No, I mean I look the the music and culture and the food are two and one very very easily. I'm looking for three. I, I usually the weather. I don't go there in the summer. The weather's usually better than whatever else you are. Fair enough. For a guy who's a picky eater and doesn't drink, like New Orleans isn't for me either. And that's game. No, time. yeah, yeah. Also can be remarkable. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, coming up next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, we're live at the Tyrac.com studios. Wait to hear what LaShawn McCoy said about Eric Bieniemy. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 